This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, November 15th. Corey, once again, we are joined on the phone this morning by Ottertail Central head football coach Eric Olson. And uh, coach, once again, thanks for joining us this morning. You get into that semifinal football game. Just overall, uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, we're uh, team-wise, we're very healthy, uh, you know, and we're very fortunate for that. And I think uh, we're, we're ready for the game Thursday. Hey, before we look at Thursday's game, Coach, I want to go back to your quarterfinal game, a 28-8 to victory over Cedar Mountain. From your perspective, what was the what was the recap of that state quarterfinal game? Um, you know, I thought we came out with a good game plan. Um, didn't always execute it uh, to a T the way we wanted to, but uh, anytime that uh, you can – put up 28 points in a, in a quarterfinal state game and uh, only give up eight, you're, you're doing a good job. What's the um, the pregame discussion? You know, it's state football now. It's a big deal. How do you, um, how do you keep your, your players kind of on a, on a level playing ground mentally? Or is it, you know, do you allow them a series to um, be extra hyped up for what is a, a pretty big deal? Uh, not at all. Uh, everything is routine. Uh, everything uh, we're doing right now is the uh, same thing that we did uh, back in August. Uh, from when we get on the bus until we get off the bus, everything's got to stay the same, stay the course. Yeah, and you know, with that game, I thought that a couple things stood out to me as I was there uh, on the call. Uh, one, you guys were still able to run the ball like you guys are always able to, but that passing game just felt like everything was efficient. Like you guys, when you needed to get that first down through the air, you were able to get to that. And I think the connection between uh, McCallson and Delugi is really special. But that first touchdown catch by Delugi, what were your uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, that was a big timer. Um, you know, you don't see those in high school football very often or, or maybe even uh, the next level. But you go back and look at it on film, you know, Jack uh, kind of coming out of the pocket and puts it up high where only Mason can go get it. And he, he did with one hand and pulled it in and uh, gave our team a good uh, a big boost early in the game, you know, confidence-wise. And now as you look forward to that state semifinal football game down at U.S. Bank Stadium tomorrow afternoon against a good football team in Nevis, what do you know about the Tigers and what's going to be the game plan to try and get that win and get to the prep bowl? Yeah, you say good. I say very good football team. Um, they are so well-balanced, run, pass, uh, you know, strong defense, very well coached and disciplined. You know, we got to, uh, you know, attack the game with our game plan that we have. We've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage run the ball, mix in the pass. Um, it's going to be a dogfight. Um, it's just the way you look at it numbers-wise. Um, both good teams, and it's you know one of those that it's a team that doesn't make any mistakes, doesn't have the penalties, is going to be the team that comes out on top. Yeah, and you know, with the game at U.S. Bank Stadium, obviously it's it's been a spot that the program has historically been, but not a lot of those kids, if any, were were around that last time. But what is the kind of line for you in, in making sure that your players are prepared, making sure that they're ready to go, but also enjoying the moment that they get to be down at U.S. Bank Stadium and get to do something that is a maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, you know, we want the kids to enjoy the moment, just like going to the Fargo Dome, enjoy the moment, but it's, it's business when we get there. Um, you know, you can look back uh, and have those memories uh, and remember that experience, but uh, we don't want to, uh, 
you know, put the kids in a situation where we expect anything different than we expect all year round or, you know, all season long. And, uh, you know, memories will be made. Uh, we can enjoy those later on, but, you know, we want to, we want to get in the best position mentally and physically to uh, play football. Eric, to help with that business as usual mentality, do you get the opportunity as a team to get onto the field early or when it's pregame warmups, that's your first time out there? Yeah, you get to be down, walk around a little bit, um, not uh, warm up on the field, but, uh, you know, you got to get in there and do the eye check and, you know, make sure what you're looking at when you, before you come out. And then, uh, then after that, it's just pregame warmups. And, you know, as you, you get ready for this game and you get down there, just kind of what's uh, what's your expectations of, of what this football game is going to be? I know me and Corey have kind of talked about it off the air. We expect this to be uh, uh, one of the best football games that we've seen all year. What's uh, what's your expectation? Yeah, like I said, um, you know, both offenses are going to, you know, put up some points kind of the way it looks. Um, you know, it, it's defenses are going to have to uh, match intensity of the offense, um, you know, for both teams, I'm sure uh, Coach Klimek is saying the same thing. You can't make mistakes and turn the ball over, um, you know, because other teams' offense can take advantage of that. And, and then from there on, you don't want to give up any momentum in the game either. We're talking with Ondertail Central head football coach Eric Olson as he gets his team ready for the state semifinal game down at U.S. Bank Stadium tomorrow afternoon. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff, and Coach, we appreciate the time you've given us throughout this playoff run. Best of luck, and we hope that we're talking with you next week as you get into the prep bowl. Hey, awesome. Thank you very much. Corey, anything that uh, stood out to you in that interview with Ondertail Central head football coach Eric Olson, who is gracious enough to join us on the morning sports desk today? I mean, he hit the nail on the head. This is two very, very good football teams who get to uh, go at it on on, on Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, it is a, a 1 o'clock kickoff. It'll be a 1240 pregame on the Superstation K106. I mean, what else is there to say, right? That To no one's surprise, you know, it sounds like we're being insightful when we say this should be one of the best football games we see all season, but it's a state semifinal football game against two of the premier teams in our listening area <laughs> right. and in the entire state. This is going to be, um, it, this should be a really, really, really fun experience for for that uh, OTC and Nevis community and for anybody who just likes to take in a little high school football this is as good as it gets selfishly for me i get to go back down to u.s bank stadium and call a football game there which is yeah always a fun opportunity i got to do that a couple years ago when new york mills got down there in in class a and just you get to walk through you don't get into the press box everybody's like oh do you get paul allen's seat i wish uh no, no i just sit where all the newspapers and bloggers sit no, kind I, of up in the corner never it's, it's not like a premier radio broadcast location no you're at if they're going on the so you're like Towards, you're on the far side away from the big swinging glass doors, like that kind of front pointed end of the Viking Stadium. You're yeah. on the far end of that. So whenever the teams are going towards that end zone on the on the pointed end of the stadium, you better have a pair of binoculars, or you better be good at picking out numbers because it can get a little uh, it can get a little tough to see some of that action. You don't get quite the best angle like you do maybe at the Fargo Dome or Here's something. A, a, a good radio standard is, and they're moving right to left on your AM radio dial. That uh-huh. is, they're quartering away from you on your radio <laughs> dial. Is how they're quartering it, it away. Get the shot off before it gets out of range. <laughs> Go, come on. <laughs> 
that's uh, that's pretty much it. But uh, there, it's still an awesome experience. There, did you have food there available when you went? There was like snacks and popcorn and like maybe some coffee. I think that uh, was available. Yeah, most state tournaments they yeah. have some stuff set up for media. It's See, when I, hidden somewhere. When I was there, they didn't really have a ton of food. They had like some of the basics, like I just said. But uh, the Vikings were playing the next day. They were going to play Green Bay, and so I could hear some of like the the catering staff talking about it. They're like, because it was around this time of year. They're like, yeah, we're going to do a full Thanksgiving spread for the media. And he's talking about all this stuff they're gonna have on there. I'm like, that sounds pretty good. Could you like have a little bit extra you want to give? Right. Like you got some stuffing you can slide yeah. my way. Like yeah. just mashed potatoes. You can put the gravy right into my veins. Meanwhile, the high school league is like, we're gonna stop printing programs. <laughs> <laughs> Saves on paper. Exactly. Uh, all right. No com. No more comment needed. Hey, trying to go green. Okay, Corey. Is that what it is? Do you care about the environment? Yes, I do. Ah, well. Yes, I do. Well, I see that giant stack of papers next to your uh, next to your uh, microphone there. Uh, that's um, for my bonfires. Ah, ah. Those, that's my kindling to that's get your, my bonfires. That's going. to get your garbage fire going. That's right. I burn rubber tires. <laughs> you burn. You got a burning barrel out in your backyard just for fun. Just, yeah. just for fun. Not because like I have garbage, a ton of garbage I need to get rid of. I just feel like I want to have that kind of smell waft into the neighbor's yard. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like flooring. Um, uh-huh. Just anything that might have something toxic. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. They burn cool colors. Yeah, exactly. They burn cool. You feel a little funny afterwards. You get a yeah. little. Yeah, you're a little. It takes the edge off. You know. Anyway, you've never seen a green like <laughs> laminate flooring. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to any of. If first of all, if you're listening to stuff we're saying. You, I I got some bad news for you. But first of all, don't listen to that. Uh, anyway, uh, so, Corey, the Minnesota Timberwolves get a huge win yesterday yes. on yes. the road in Golden State. Now, if you say, hey, didn't they just win on the road in Golden State on Sunday night? Yes, they did. They played back-to-back games there. This one meant a little extra because it was a part of that NBA in-season tournament, which is what it is. But One of the most poorly named things Ever. It, it is what it is. professional sports. That name is pretty much just, it is what it is. Yep. But uh, keep it simple, stupid. Pretty much. What is this? It's the in season tournament. Just that's What it. does that mean? Well, it means they're playing a tournament within the season. Within the season. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes It doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. But, like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, so the Wolves won last night. It, interestingly enough, in Wolves fashion, things are never normal. Uh, remember, it was a little chippy in that game. Draymond was John at Ant, and, like, there was just some things that, yep. like, we're kind of like boiling, let's just say. Well, today, like when you're boiling, when you got like your uh, uh, pressure cooker on the stove, when you're trying to like can green beans or pickles or something like that, you know, in August. Well, instead, this is when that uh, pressure cooker exploded because sure. you forgot to check on it and turn it down. Uh, so like two minutes into the game, uh, Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson. It looked like Clay Thompson was trying to box him out, but he kind of had an arm extended and it looked like he was kind of on his lower neck area and McDaniels kind of took exception to that and like a knock it off kind of sense and then Clay and him started going at each other and then Rudy Gobert tries to doesn't come in swinging but he tries to stick up for his teammate and then Draymond Green decides to come in and put him in a chokehold like it's a WWE and uh in a melee ensues Jaden McDaniels uh gets kicked out so does Draymond Green so does Clay Thompson Steph Curry wasn't playing at all due to a knee injury so the Wolves almost lost to the non-Big 3 members of the Golden State Warriors yesterday. And it's a game that they 100% lose a year ago because things get weird, they don't quite play well, they come out sluggish, it's on the road. And all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, Cat 
and Ant just find a way to win the ball game. Carl Anthony Towns has 33, 36 points in that ball game. Anthony Edwards chips in 20, and the Wolves, with good defense at the end, find a way to win. And that's a game that they 100% don't win a year ago, Corey, with everything weird that went on in that ball game. They win this year, which just shows that this year things might be different. Well, it shows you that that things are different right now. Right. I let's. I, I'm. Uh, I think it's very important with this Timberwolves team to really remain in the present. Really, any Timberwolves it's, team. It's not. It's going to be very important to not project mm-hmm. because there will be a stretch of the season that gets weird because it happens every season. Right now, and last night's game was to your point. 100% a game they lose a year ago and maybe for the last 25 to 30 years. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They they found a way to be on the road in the same location with Draymond Green, who just knows how to pester and instigate. And that's a part of – he went into that game knowing that that was a part of the plan. He was going to get kicked out at some point in that game. He knew it. He was – he's he jabs you in the ribs uh, metaphorically and actually – um, he actually kicks you in in the uh, groin. He actually kicks you in the groin. He actually puts you in a headlock. Um, I had a text message from a buddy of mine who said, "Great composure by Gobert, Cat, and Ant, and great composure, especially in regards to Cat." And I don't know if you remember Gobert punching his own teammate a year ago. <laughs> those aren't two things that go together very often. And by and, the way, Gobert and, and Green have beef. Like those are guys that do not like each other. So they it it was this was. That was a really positive sign for this early season Timberwolves thing and that you hope that, yes, indeed, can we continue to carry this forward. Once again, despite it being weird, they only gave up 101 points. Mm-hmm. Defensively, this team is stout. They only they had like 83 points going into the fourth quarter too, mind you. So they locked up when it mattered most. Uh, did you see Gobert after the game? They, he talked about Draymond Green. He's like, well, let's be honest. Steph wasn't playing, so he was trying to get kicked out of that ball. <laughs> like, yeah, he he knew he knew the assignment tonight. It's it's a part of his, he's done it his whole career. The difference is now he's not as good at basketball as he. But like this is so he's got to double down on on being uh, a you know what head. I, well, I don't. He's always doubled down. I don't think it's any more or less than it used to be. The it's becoming is, more noticeable because he's not as good. It's yes, but this is a but this is also part of what makes and has made Golden State great over the years is they have Draymond. These are games that Golden State wins because Draymond does this sort of stupid stuff, mm-hmm. and it is enough to throw everyone else into a tizzy. Meanwhile, everyone for Golden State is like, meh, Draymond. And then they just, Clay goes off and they win. By the way, Golden State did feed off of it. Their bench players almost beat the Wolves last night, so it worked for them. Boy, if you're Golden State, having a guy like Jordan Poole in that game would have been helpful, right? (laughs) Maybe uh, for that, that's the one reason why you have Jordan Poole on your on your team. Uh-huh. You don't want him in regular rotation minutes, but when Steph is not going to play and everyone's going to get ejected, you need you might as well. They don't have that guy anymore. Uh, one last thing, Corey, before we let you go, Sonny Gray officially rejected the qualifying offer from the Twins. He's now officially a free agent. Uh, do you think the Twins will sign him? And quickly, should the Twins sign him? And then we'll let you get out of here. I mean, I would love it if they did. I don't know if they will. I think he's gonna probably get some pretty decent money the question thank you for asking me but that question is probably better for you to ask like or to answer what is the best percentage chance that or 
you know what I mean. What is the percent chance that Sonny's actually in a Twins uniform next year? All right, so I think that that ends up being something like a 20% chance that Sonny Gray ends up back in a Minnesota Twins uniform. I, 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 it's not that Sonny doesn't want to be in Minnesota. I think there are things that I've read through Sonny Gray, like he likes being in Minnesota, he likes the clubhouse culture. Despite what people say on the internet, he does like Rocco Baldelli, or at least respects Rocco as a boss. And also, he likes that the Twins are really good with the players' wives and children. Like, they're very, like it's just a very... The Twins make... Made a very a point to have a very good atmosphere with that and Sonny Gray who's in his mid-30s and has two kids and a wife like he wants the team to be able to do certain things and not every team does that so there's like a few things that Sonny Gray and he said he'd be open to coming back and Rocco obviously said he'd love to have Sonny Gray back and the twins would love to have Sonny Gray back uh, even if the twins weren't cutting payroll which they are because of the Bally TV deal falling apart even if the Twins were going to operate at the same payroll they did a year ago, I don't think they'd be able to keep Sonny Gray because Sonny Gray is going to want and earn and rightfully deserve 20 plus million a year. And he's going to get it from somebody. And I think a team will overpay a team like Baltimore, who needs starting pitching really bad to be able to pay. A team like St. Louis would badly, like Sonny Gray. My projection is Sonny Gray signs with the St. Louis Cardinals, but like some team like that, not just. It's not because Sonny Gray doesn't want to be in Minnesota, just because some team is going to offer him more money. And the Twins, even if they're at their normal capacity for payroll, probably weren't going to match it anyways because the Twins never sign free agent pitchers to a big extension. Their biggest extension for a free agent or for a pitcher was Pablo Lopez, and he's already locked up. So, like, there's. I, it just probably isn't going to work. So you, you'll probably see the Twins maybe make a trade for another pitcher. I love Sonny Gray. I wish he could come back, but it's just one of those things. The Twins got him for two years. They traded uh, their first-round pick for him in 2021 to get there. And because Sonny Gray rejected the qualifying offer, if he signs with another team for over $50 million, which he likely will, uh, that means that the Twins will get a compensation pick in return, which is why they have the qualifying offer. It's like the franchise tag in the NFL. It's to essentially have smaller market teams have a mechanism to try and keep their players in-house or at the very least get something back when they leave. And the Twins would get a low-end first-round pick back in return. So essentially, you got two years of Sonny Gray for nothing. And that's probably the biggest value of that trade for the Twins. All right, I've explained that more than I needed to. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, November 15th.